God, we thank you for your holy name, your powerful name, the name that we can trust, the name that we can hold on to, the name that saves, the name that gives us power, the name that gives us life. God, we worship Jesus this morning. We lift our eyes, we lift our hearts, we lift our faith. And God, we pray that you help us to see Jesus in all his goodness, all his glory. God, we're so thankful for all that you are. We pray that you might meet with us this morning. You might encourage us by your word. You might unify us together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Don't take a seat. If you're in the room, if you're in the room, turn around and say good day to someone in a COVID-safe way. Elbows, knuckles. Good morning to those online with us this morning. Great to have you with us. Uh, if you can, when you're online, grab out your phone, check in online. Uh, let us know that you're watching with us or say hi in the chat. Say good morning. Um, great to have you with us. Hope you have a great morning with us. And um, yeah, really blessed to have you with us this morning. Fantastic. It's great to have you in the room this morning. Great to have you online this morning. I don't do this job very often, and you'll that why. Because just forget what I'm supposed to do. First thing is, though, we have a church centre app. Hands up if you have a church centre app on your phone. Hands up if you don't have a phone, but if you did, you would have... I see those hands, kids. One day. One day. Don't wish it upon yourself too soon. Grab your phone while speaking. Um, Click the check-ins, let us know that you're here. Also on there, you can fill in a Connect card if you're new. There's an opportunity to, firstly, you might need to download the app if you're new. You have, probably don't have the Church Centre app on your phone if, you, if you're brand new. Firstly, you can find it and then download it, Church Centre app. That's what it looks like. It's good stuff. You've got all the announcements there, you've got small group information there, you've got event information there. Um, most things that are happening in church life, uh, you can find information about in the Church Centre app. And if you can't, let us know and we'll make sure it's there. We also uh, take up an offering every, pretty much every day of the week. We don't have a, a bucket that passes around. Most people give online and so we encourage you to do that. We sort of, since COVID, have transitioned to probably 98%, I reckon, is online now, and so we really encourage you to do that. That's a great way to do it. But I think the, the challenge for us all, though, as we give online is to stop, to stop and pause and remember, to make sure it's a, an intentional act of worship and an intentional act of generosity back to God. If, it's, if you're like me and it comes out automatically um, every week, then you can easily forget that you're doing it, um, and it's not a great thing. So just to, to take a moment each Sunday, if you have cash prepared, there is an offering box at the back, and we encourage you to, to use that on your way in or way out each Sunday. Fantastic. Is there any kids in the room this morning? There's no kids. I cannot hear a single thing. <laughs> Pastor Steve, is there any kids in the room? There are some kids in the room. I thought maybe they'd all been like super well trained over the holidays, and I was going to be disappointed. We like a loud church. We like a loud church with lots of kids. And SBC Kids is back today. So 
you will see, if you're in the room, you will see on the, are we Zooming, are you got Zoom going as well this morning? If you got Zoom, if you're online, um, we'll make sure that there's a link there, it should be on the website, you should be able to find that and that'll start in about, probably about seven minutes or so, seven or eight minutes and there'll be a, a, a sign on the screen for those in the room to know when to go out um, and you can have a great morning in SBC Kids. Crash is on as well. Um, if you've got any littler ones, sort of up to about four years old or whatever it is, um, whatever works for you, then Christ is on as well. It's fantastic. Youth is back. Yep. Not, not this morning. Oh, I know. But on Friday this week, youth is back, uh, which is awesome. They'd had a great summer camp uh, two weeks ago whenever it was, um, and so it's going to be fun times. All right, what else is coming up? Next week is uh, Vision Sunday. We're going to be launching some cool stuff next week, sharing some cool stories, and so I really encourage you to be part of next Sunday. It's going to be a great, great weekend in church. Um, that's not on my list. I'll just chuck that in for free. I'm going off script. Two weeks' time. Everyone say, two weeks' time. On February 13th, we're going to have a working bee in the afternoon after church, and so it's very exciting. That's all right, Brock. Um, it's going to be focused around sorting out our storage rooms, our sheds, and so if you are fearful of spiders, this is a great way to overcome that fear. <laughs> Pastor Jack is going to be in charge of the shed. Six cans of mortine. No, it'll be good. Um, so if you can, if you're free on that Sunday afternoon in two weeks' time, um, go grab some lunch first and then come back for as much time as you can spare. Many hands make light work and we can sort some things out. Um, depending on how many people are here, we might have some other little jobs as well. Um, but just come for as much as you can. Bring the kids. I was going to say bring your animals, but maybe not. Unless it's a goldfish. And bring, obviously bring the tank too for it. Um, anyway, this is why I don't do this job. We are done. We are done. SBC kids are just waiting to, to head on out. So we're going to stop. We're going to pray. I'm going to invite you to stand um, while we pray. And we, have our, we go into another time of worship. This morning as we had our sort of team meeting and, and we were praying, I was encouraging our team around a couple of verses in Matthew 5 where Jesus is saying um, to, to pray for your enemies, to bless those who persecute you, because this is the heart of our Father in heaven. He gives sun to the good and the evil. He causes it to rain on everyone. And I just love that idea this morning, that God's love for us is not dependent on anything that we do, on the goodness or the evilness of our heart. It is just a given. It's a promise. He is a faithful God. He is faithful to love. He is faithful to give us His Holy Spirit. He is faithful to give us His presence and show us how much He loves us. And so whatever place you find yourself in this morning, whether you find yourself on um, more of the good or whether you find yourself more on the evil and you sort of trying to work out whether God should be giving you His love this morning, I want you to say, forget about that. God's love is here. His presence is here. His presence is to be known this morning by you. 
He is faithful to pour out his love regardless of how good you are or how good you've been or how good you promised to be. He is faithful to give his love. And so God, this morning, we thank you for this incredible love. We thank you for the incredible display of love on the cross through Jesus, your son, who enables us to see all your goodness, all your glory, regardless of how good we've been, regardless of how well we've started this year with you. God, you are ready to pour out your spirit. You're ready to pour out your presence upon our hearts. And God, we pray this morning that even in these next few moments, God, that we might take this opportunity to stop and to be with you, to be present with you, to not miss an opportunity. God, whether we're here or whether we're at home or wherever we are this morning, God, that you would help us to be present with you in this moment. You would remind us of your love and your grace. God, we are thankful for all that you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you that your name is powerful, that your name really is above every other name, that your name is above every circumstance. God, we thank you that you are here with us this morning as we bring our praise and worship to you, God, that uh, we pray that this is a delightful aroma to you. God, we thank you that that means so much to you, that we that we honour you, glorify your name. And God, we thank you for the way that uh, this worship prepares us to receive more from you and we learn and grow together. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Take a seat. A little uh, disclaimer here. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, I am not unwell. This is like a lasting effect of um, what happened. <laughs> I'm not sure how long I'll continue to sound like this, but maybe one day it'll come back to normal. Anyway, uh, I digress. So we're on five uh, series uh, about in the parables. And so far, um, in the first four weeks, we've heard about the hidden treasure, the prodigal son, the annoying friend, and the good Samaritan. Now, I've never wrapped up a series before, but I've seen it done. And like you can spend maybe 10, 15 minutes going over what everyone else has already said. Um, I'm not going to do that because I wouldn't do justice to what's already been said. You can go back. If you've missed any of the parables, please go back and listen to what has already been said about them. Today we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. And um, it, it's in three of the Gospels. So I'm choosing to read this from Mark 4. And so we will read this together. It is a little chunk of scripture, but we can do this. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very loud crowd gathered about him, so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, the seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. 
Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good and produced yielding thirtyfold and side. Everything is imparable. They may hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves for a while. Then tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And other other ones sown among thorns are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. All right, so the path was the hard ground. Um, it says that it was immediately away. It is heard but not received. It has a sense of indifference or ambivalence about it. And for us today... Um, perhaps that's a reflection of the kind of post-truth culture that we live in, uh, where truth um, is often not absolute anymore, um, and people are likely to be driven by their emotions as much as they are driven by the facts. So, um, surprisingly, uh, sometimes people will agree that something is true, but they say that that's relevant to my life, so I'm still not going to take that on board. And sometimes the reverse of that is true as well, where uh, people can maybe think that something isn't true, but I really like the way that that was kind of delivered and the way that that was communicated. So I'm actually going to, I'm taking that on board. It sounds odd, but it's true. It happens, and this is uh, what people do. And we need to know that about the culture that we live in, because um, if we just with the truth and just think that people are going to accept and we're actually doing them a disservice we need to actually uh, do some homework and groundwork with them first so then we have the rock ground with joy but no roots and no depth so sprang up but died as soon as the heat came and then there was the thorns here the word potentially has okay roots doesn't say it didn't uh, but the thorns or cares came and poked it so soils two and three can sound a little bit um, similar, the same, uh, but the second soil, so the rocky soil, says persecution comes on account of the word. So um, it's that that makes it face persecution because of the word, and uh, that all starts to go wrong. And then soil number three is just those cares of the world, so maybe on money or position or and makes it not grow. 
And then finally, we've got the good soil. The heart of this person not only hears but understands. They believe and obey. They take what has been sown in them and nurture it so that it produces a great crop that can be shared with many others. All right, so that is the basic information. There's a lot in there already and could almost make an argument for having an altar call right now because we all know that we want to be the fourth soil, the good soil. And you guys could take a very early mark, um, but you don't lightly, and neither do I. Um, so there can be a danger when looking at parables to try and draw out too much uh, of the detail uh, that isn't really quite there, and it really misses the point of the actual story. Um, one of the preachers that I like to listen to says something like, uh, the plain things are the main things, and things are the plain things. So that's, it's supposed to be fairly obvious uh, when Jesus is telling a story like this. Pastor Brad mentioned this way back uh, in... That, that sometimes you can... ...there in the story. This years ago, I was handed a book about the prodigal son... Uh, and this person said, you should read this. So I said, and um, actually what it turned out was a book about a painting of the story of the prodigal son. So already we were like a whole step away. Um, and I started reading, and a couple of chapters in, I thought, oh, that's quite helpful. Um, and then the author, who was completely obsessed by this picture, actually, not the story, but he was obsessed by the painting, um, he started talking about a woman who was in the shadows of the picture of the prodigal son. So she wasn't in the story at all. Um, made up by the artist, painted in there. And then uh, this, I was starting to think, <laughs> you're losing me. Um, you know, I don't, that woman's not in the story. And then he started to try and draw something out of the expression that was on the woman's face who was painted in the picture that was a painting of the story that Jesus... And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm done. And put that book away. Did not read any further because you can't read anything into that. It's not in the story in the first place. Um, and it, anyway, misses the point completely. So back to what we can learn about this story. So one thing that you may have noticed which you think is a little bit unusual um, is in verses 11 and 12 um, and Jesus said to them to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God but for those outside everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven um, so you can sort of think that maybe Jesus is being a little bit tricky. He's trying to trick people and make people not understand. Um, but actually what he's saying in that is that um, when he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, it's for those who are really seeking uh, the truth of the story, those who are seeking to understand is who it will become plain to. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something important in that. So he's not trying to be tricky. He's just saying that, it's for the people who are genuine seekers. Okay, so we can look at the main players in this story. So first there was the sower, and the sower isn't mentioned a lot. It's just a sower sowed some seed, and that's because he's not um, the main point of the story. Um, but he is mentioned because the seed's not going to sow itself. So sometimes you could say that that sower could be God, uh, sometimes Jesus, and sometimes it will be us as we're sowing uh, the word of God in, in the lives of those around us. 
The seed is the word of God. This is super important. The seed is good all the time. All the time. The seed is good. You guys, come on. <laughs> Play along with me a little bit. Um, so yeah, the seed is good all the time. The seed is not the issue in this story. It's important, but it's not the thing that determines. The soils are the hearts of people who hear the word. The seed lands determines the outcome. The seed is always good, but the soil of people's hearts will allow it to grow or not. So I'll spend some time now looking at um, the different soils and thinking maybe about what kind of soil we are um, and how we can perhaps cultivate the soil of our hearts um, to produce a crop that is bountiful and is helpful for us and for people around us. So if we're in the room or joining online, um, it's probably fairly safe to say that we aren't soil number one. It hasn't just been snatched away from us immediately. And one of the things that uh, church commentators have found that post-COVID is that uh, the people who are still connecting with church, coming and joining online, are the people who are um, fully committed or well, they were fully committed already. And then we also have genuine seekers who are still coming to church and still connecting online. Um, so a lot of churches are finding a lot of less, lot less people are continuing to connect with church post-COVID. But actually the ones that have been lost are the people who were just the crowd, which is like what Jesus had. He had the crowd and then he had the people who were genuinely seeking not to say that those people aren't important, they are, um, but um, yeah, it's just worth bearing that in mind, I think. We'd probably also like to say that we aren't soil number two, that we haven't fallen away at the first sign of persecution. Um, perhaps we can consider that a little bit and think um, maybe we could be bolder in our faith, maybe we could be bolder in sharing the faith that we have uh, and not worry about maybe people uh, laughing at us or rejecting us because of what we believe. But how are we going genuinely with not being soil number three? This one's perhaps a little bit more difficult to identify and guard against. How are we honestly going with the life issues that can crowd out the word of God? How about our use of our time, our money, our focus... And how can we intentionally cultivate the good soil that is number four, the one that produces a crop that goes on to not only feed others, but produces crops again and again as the seed is re-sown, remembering that the seed is the word of God. That sounds an awful lot like discipleship, by the way. Disciples making disciples who make disciples. The good soil might not always look completely sparkly and perfect, Dirt is, after all, somewhat dirty. But when we don't give up, when we face challenges and work through challenges, we mature and grow and still believe and we get depth in our foundation. We get strong roots that produce a healthy crop. Good, spo good, spoil. good soil speaks about being available to God, being faithful and growing to maturity in a productive way. Once we believe and accept the word of God, we yield to it. Um, and this, this word did come up in the reading, um, and it's a word that uh, can describe 
the amount of a crop, the yield of a crop. Um, but it also can, dis is, when you use it as a verb, it's, it's a way of uh, receiving that is not rejecting. Um, it's the opposite to resisting. Um, and it has like a connotation of being really soft and open. And, and that's kind of the relationship that the soil and the seed have with one another in kind of real life. They yield to one another. And um, there's this openness and this softness to um, be in this really open relationship where they give and receive. Um, so that word in, it yield is, is important and we'll come back, back to that. Um, it isn't just a surface thing and not just information that we need to accept in a superficial way and then move on. It needs to be much deeper than that. It's not something we add on to our already unchanged lives. Like uh, a little bit of Buddha, maybe a bit of Hinduism, maybe a bit of horoscopes. That, that's toxic, by the way, just in case anyone's wondering. And just a little bit of Jesus thrown in. That's, um, that's not the way at all. Uh, it would be quite wrong and it's actually unhelpful. Um, Jesus says in 16, uh, John 16, verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is just one way. Once we accept and believe the word of God, it will actually change our life. We will live differently because of it. It won't necessarily change your job or where you live, though this can happen, but it needs to change us. How we think, what we think about, how we behave, what we now count as important, how we view money, what we hope for in the future, and how we value others. There are some people right here who've demonstrated deep faith, fully yielded to the word of God and with deep roots that haven't given way despite any circumstance they have faced. Actually, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because haven't we all done that? Haven't we all faced difficulties and trials and persecution and we haven't given away? We've kept, kept going, we've kept moving. Maybe... Uh, a little bruised, but not broken with our faith intact. That's been the case for me over the last couple of years particularly. It's been a, it's been a rough little journey and um, it hasn't shaken my faith at all that, that some of the things that have happened in my family have happened. But I can look back on that, back on that time and not that everything's worked out perfectly. It hasn't. And some of the things are still working out. Um, but I can, I can see God's hand in some of that. I can see God's hand in the way that he's brought me through. I can see God's hand in the, some of the timing of what happened. And I think lots of us can look back on times in our life and feel the same. There are some standout people for me, though, people who've been through the toughest of times but haven't walked away from God or lost their faith. They have shown the maturity of their faith, and it goes really deep. And you'll know who some of those people are in our church family and maybe other people that you know as well. I was going to mention Vaughan this morning. <laughs> um, when I was writing this a week or two ago, I was going to mention Vaughan. Some of us know Vaughan. Um, and Vaughan, I'm not going to talk about him today because uh, Vaughan is in the last couple of days of his life probably now. And as a church family, we can be praying for Vaughan, but he is just one of the most faithful grateful people that, that you could ever hope to be and uh, he hasn't had a perfect life. 
Maturity isn't just about age or length of time coming to church, by the way. Some people never quite get there. They're always affected by their circumstances. They're in and out of church, in and out of relationship, up and down. And some people seem to get maturity delivered straight away, like a massive drop of everything they need. And they just have instant clarity and assurance. And they, like, it's just, it's just there, all in one go. And I was thinking maybe it was a little bit like laying turf instead of sprinkling seed. And, uh, like, we're starting to lose our analogy there a little bit, stretching things. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, you lay a turf and it's grass already. It's there. You can use it. Um, and you'll still need to water that thing. You'll still need, still need to nurture it in the future. But you've just got straight away and there are some people that probably you know that are like that Um, and it's just wonderful when you see we don't the word of God just for what it can do for us because we want everything to work out otherwise the deal is off we believe it because we have a deep revelation that God the creator of the universe the creator of us and everything else loves us passionately without question, without reservation. And he gave everything he had to demonstrate that love and we love him back. That's it. That's the deal. It doesn't depend on things. We need to get to a place of maturity in our faith where we can echo the words of Peter in John 6, verse 68, where Jesus asks the disciples if they will leave him too. He says, as a result of hard teaching, um, he says, will you, will you guys leave me too? And Peter answers him, to Lord, whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed that you're the whole That's it, really. There's a kind of thing that doesn't go away when tough times come. We also need to come to a place where even when tough times come, when we've been praying for something that doesn't seem to have work out or when we're praying about a situation that is still deeply hurtful to us that our attitude is where else go faith in God is our plan it's not just our plan A so how do we develop this maturity this good soil in our hearts that's ready to receive the word of God some of it fairly naturally as I've already did to though to guard against soils two and three I guess we need to move away from a just emotional response and understanding of that word I'm not saying that emotion is bad we need emotion and that excited kind of emotional response to things is super helpful to us because it, it helps us to engage and that'll be the thing that you know kind of attracts you get super brain scientists will tell you that you've got about 24 to 48 hours with that before if you like if you don't do anything else that that will start to kind of denature as you sort of lay down that experience and that memory in your brain it will actually start to um, go away you lose it so we need that emotional response to get us excited and engaged, but then we can engage our minds as well and have a level of understanding and knowing that will help us put 
down deep roots. So you keep coming back to that. You keep reinforcing uh, that thought, that memory, and it will put down deep roots. I've loved hearing uh, recent baptism testimonies where uh, people have talked about how they've struggled with questions or they've wrestled with, with parts of uh, the faith that's growing in them. And uh, just having that real um, reasoned way uh, to faith, that they've reasoned their way there. And we think that there are some roots there already. There are some rhythms and practices we can build into our lives that can build maturity. My pastoral care team worked through a book last year. My pastoral care team's been amazing the last few weeks, just by the way, if anyone wondered. Um, and this book is, is called it, it, we did chapter by chapter each month and it looked at things like solitude, reading scripture, so that's the seed that we're talking about, um, praying, honouring the body and keeping a Sabbath. This is super helpful to us and like, a lot of us have been Christians for a really long time but still going back to those things and building uh, those into your life can be so, so helpful. Um, read the word just once like you just or hear it just once and you think that was amazing like, oh that really changed me a few weeks down the track if you do else, that will be gone you will stop thinking about that and and it, it won't have changed you but it's come back to the word after day start your day if that works for you reading the word and getting it into you it works for me if i don't do it i don't I just don't like starting the day that way anymore without the Word of God. All right, so you might say, Jack, this sounds like... Uh, you wouldn't say that. You'd say, Pastor Jack, because you're a polite um, It sounds like a great tick list of stuff that you want us to now do. There's, there's all these things, and it sounds like a formula, and I'm fairly sure it shouldn't be like that. It isn't a formula. God will still do what he will do. Um, but I'm just saying, it's not, it's, not, um, yeah, it's not this list of things that you have to do. It's a way of living that is actually really helpful to you and is going to cultivate that soil in your heart so that as the word of God comes, that it will take root and that will actually grow. So if we want to be the good soil, we need to have fertile, cultivated ground in our hearts that is ready to receive the word of God and tend it effort and allow it to produce a crop that is good not only for feeding and nourishing us and others but also to provide seed for the next crop. I've taken advice from an expert in the field. That was kind of a little joke. Taken advice from an expert in this field. Hey. Funnier than you are listening. Um, seriously, I have uh, taken advice uh, from somebody who researches seeds and crops and yields. And he tells me that seeds are to be sown, that are to be sown to produce a crop. They're chosen specially. They're the best seed. Sometimes they're grown specially to have different characteristics. So if you're trying to make wheat for um, making pasta, you sow a certain kind of wheat. If you're sowing, sometimes you sow seed not intended to be eaten. It's intended to be the seed for future crops. Um, so you sort of 
um, end up eating the ordinary seed, <laughs> nourishing to us. But the absolute best seed, um, even just from a normal crop, that the best seed would be saved to be sown. So the farmer will keep that really good seed and he'll plant it, he'll take the weeds out of it and he'll choose the best from that. Going to do so. I'm not saying, disclaimer again, I am not saying that we need to clean up the Word of God so that it's good. The seed is already good. And I'm probably doing what I said at the beginning you shouldn't do and digging too deep, but just remembering the story is the Word of God. You can maybe think about this. You can let the Word of God take root in us and produce a crop that is good for us, good for us around us. But maybe there is a part of that word that we can see will be helpful for the next crop. Sharing and sowing into others to produce a crop in them. I can see how this works through our ministries, but also for us personally. Parts of God's word that can be especially helpful for others or applying the word to our lives in a way that moves those who know us a step closer to God rather than a step further away. And that's how the word of God affects our behaviour, the outward sort of things that other people can see that is helpful in moving further, uh, closer to God. So what? What does this all mean? Maybe we need to have a check over of our soil. And as always, one point, finger pointing at me and three... No, no, one finger pointing at you and three fingers pointing at me. That was wrong. Um, I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to you. Are we just one soil all the time? Are we maybe sometimes a bit rocky, a bit weedy? Can we move from the bad soil, maybe the hard soil where it, it does get trampled and get dry, can we move from that to a good soil by cultivating it? Well, we definitely can. But we need to take care that we don't move back the other way, that we think that it's done, that we are on the good, well-cultivated soil and that, you know, we're there, we've arrived. We need to constantly uh, be checking in with ourselves. Something I've noticed about gardening, it is never absolutely done that you never need to come back to it. It can be all beautifully mowed, the grass, and edged and look just lovely one day. Thanks. Um, he's a great, great mower, by the way. Um, but then, three days later, you're starting to think, oh, I can see how that needs some attention again quite soon. The same with the weeds. If they're not coming up from underneath where you couldn't see them before, the birds are flying over and they're dropping seeds from goodness knows where, of all sorts of wonderful, helpful things. And those seeds will start to take root and come up as weeds if, if you're not checking. So we just need to keep that check, not in a real anxious sort of, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying you're not going to heaven if you've got a weed, um, but in a, in a way that's just... Um, taking care and making sure that we're still being that well-cultivated soil that can produce a good crop. Maybe you need to ask people to help you with this. Maybe you have some trusted people in your life that, that have the right to speak into your life that could say, oh, you know, maybe there are one or two weeds starting to crop up. Maybe your ground is getting a little bit rocky again and you need to uh, pay some attention. 
And then who are you helping uh, to do that for? Who are you helping to cultivate their soil, helping to plant their crop of the word of God in their life? Maybe you're mentoring somebody or in a discipling relationship, sharing with that other person how the word of God has worked in your life to help change the way you think about something or change your behaviour or build your faith. Get around people who will help build your faith. Listen to their stories and tell your stories. And if you want stories, get around some of our young people uh, and find out, you know, ask them about summer camp. Ask them about some of the stories that came from summer camp. And um, just in our staff meeting the other day, um, they were, a couple of the young ones were telling um, a story of a, a young person who's keeps being connected with our church there's a hundred reasons why they wouldn't come but they do because they know that there's something here that God is real that God is here and and that that type of story just builds my faith because I I just think well look what God's doing in that person's life he is real for sure no question about it so just to sum up So we can probably, if we're going to still go with a song at the end, um, we can get the band back up. I'm not saying, again, I'm going to say, I am not saying that this is a list of things that you must do, but I'm saying that there is a helpful way to live that can help to cultivate that soil in your life. Doing is not bad. Planning and preparation is not bad. It can allow for more spontaneity, actually. And you can see that in your relationships, all of your relationships. If you allow the time, if you carve out some space for your relationships, the spontaneity will occur within that. So let's not be thinking that the planning and maybe even having a bit of a list is a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a really good and helpful thing. Let's stand to pray. So God might be speaking about an area in your life maybe there is some depth of soil that you need to cultivate maybe there's some more seed that needs to get planted maybe there's some nurturing of the seed that you already have planted and again not in a kind of new year's resolution kind of way but in a building helpful rhythms in my life kind of way that will allow the word of god to take root in me and go deep Hopefully that's a prayer that, that we would all want to pray and it is sort of the beginning of the year so maybe a good time to patrol your boundaries, make sure uh, that everything is how you would want it to be and see, see if there's an area where you perhaps do need to do a little digging or uh, maybe some watering, pull a weed or two out. It's all going to be good. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your word which changes us as we allow it to. God, I pray that our hearts will become uh, well cultivated, that it will be fertile and good soil that that your word can land in and produce a crop in us which changes us and changes the people around us. God, we know that your word is living and active. Your word will do what it will do in people's lives. And God, I, I pray that, uh, that we don't take this lightly this morning, God, that we will uh, just...
Just really seek to be that, that fertile soil that your word can land in. God, we thank you for, for everything that you show us, everything that you teach us. We thank you, God, for the people that you put in our lives that we can share our faith with. And most of all, God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for your word, which never leaves us wondering. God, we thank you for this time. And God, as we um, share in this next worship song together, God, I pray that you continue to speak to us, that you will continue to show us things. And as we come back to this during the week as well, God, that you will continue to show us the things that we need to know about ourselves. Help us to be brave. Help us to ask you what it is that we need to see, how we can continue to cultivate the soil of our hearts to be good for you. God, we know that that as you do this, God, that you will have us on mission uh, to be working in our community, in the lives of people around us. And God, I pray that you will continue to use us to further your purposes in the lives of people who are so dear to you. In Jesus' name, amen.